We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. I failed to mention last week, my beautiful intro music was composed by my sister-in-law, Alana Portsline, and she is amazing and fantastic, and I just wanted to let you all know that that was what you're hearing can't believe we're already on episode four. Things are going well so far. I have really appreciated doing this. I know I keep saying that, but it's definitely been really, really good for me to dive into Come Follow Me and learning so much about church history and the Doctrine and Covenants. So I'm really grateful that I've had the opportunity to do this. I wanted to share a few uh, housekeeping, I guess. I don't know what to call it news. <laughs> I started a Facebook group called We Talk of Christ and I want all of you on there so we can talk and I really, I, I had a Facebook page but I just I didn't feel like having it, that setup was really beneficial. I really want it to be a community of people who can talk to each other and get ideas and help each other and moms or dads or primary teachers or whoever it is sharing ideas and examples and experiences that have helped them. So please go find that Facebook group, invite anyone you feel like would benefit or be a good um, resource to have. I, I invited my mom because I know my mom has really good ideas. I also invited some friends from old wards and neighborhoods and people that I've respected through the years and I really value their opinion and their experience. So hopefully we have a really good community on there and it is a good resource for everybody. I know I've already benefited from, benefited from it, so I hope you do too. Um, on there, I will be posting all the resources I talk about and possibly even other ones that I forget to mention on the podcast, but maybe find during the week. Um, one of the things I posted on there this last week, or I guess for you guys two weeks ago, is the general primary presidency video. I hope you all have seen it. It's so good. It just gave me so much hope. And I know sometimes when I say things like that, I just feel like I'm not doing a good enough job. Or it's just one more thing for me to do. But I know this is the what's important. If I have to pull other things out of my life and immerse my family in the gospel more. That's that's more important than piano lessons and sport lessons. And I homeschool my kids, so sometimes I'm like, maybe I should spend more time on the gospel than I do on math or reading sometimes. But we know those things are also extremely important. But I just feel like, you know, making that a priority, it's like paying your tithing. If that's the first thing we do with our time, or the first thing where we, we make, you know, we plan our week around um, those things, I think our lives will go better and our kids are going to benefit from that. Um, they announced that they will be having a broadcast called Friend to Friend on February 20th and I'm super excited. I hope it's really engaging for the kids and I, I have really high hopes that it's going to be a really good experience. My kids really miss going to primary and they talk about that in the video. 
just giving your kids a primary experience, even though we're not going to primary. And I appreciate the the ideas they gave given there. They talk about doing singing time and still sharing scriptures or reciting the articles of faith, which my kids haven't started learning yet, but I need to start doing that. I kind of have postponed doing that till my oldest turned eight, which he is turning eight this year. So, um, that's something we'll be working on soon. Um, I also just wanted to let you know that for this lesson, it's really beneficial to read in Saints chapters five and six. There's a lot of background information in there about the time period and what's going on, um, surrounding, um, Doctrine and Covenants um, section three and five, three through five, talks a lot about Martin Harris and the Lost Pages, and it's really informative. Um, I also read some, and it's linked in the lesson. If you pull up the manual, if you're looking in the Come Follow Me manual, there's a section in. It's called Revelations in Context, and that also talks about Martin Harris and some of the things going on with him. Um, and then. It's really good to use the Doctrine and Covenant story book with the pictures, if you have it. They are, they're all on the Gospel Library app, so you can do it on your phone. There's um, like the video version, so it's narrated, um, which are all on the um, church's website and also on the Gospel Library app. So all of those are really good resources to use as you're teaching your kids um, and help them understand the story. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started in our lesson for today. I want to give some background, the story behind the sections that we're studying today. So we're studying section three, four, and five in the Doctrine and Covenants. So in church history, um, where you were learning that Joseph was translating the golden plates. He, uh, before he got the plates... He married Emma, Emma Hale. Once he got the plates and was able to start translating them, Martin Harris was his scribe. And they were in Harmony, Pennsylvania working. And um, Martin was the scribe um, while Joseph dictated the words to him um, as he translated it. And once they got to a good stopping point, um, it was actually right before Emma was about to have a baby. And so Martin Harris was really having a hard time with his wife, um, Lucy. She was, um, being very skeptical of Joseph Smith and, and very skeptical of the Book of Mormon and a bit jealous and ornery about Martin putting time and money into helping Joseph. And she had actually come with Martin one of the times he went to Harmony. She went with him. And the whole time she was there, she was snooping around the house trying to find the gold plates and, and trying to see anything that she could find to to prove that the plates were real or not real. And it was really unpleasant to to try to keep keep her in their house and have her there because she... Joseph had to go and hide the, the plates in the woods so that she wouldn't find them. And Martin, so Martin's living with this and, and her desire to know. And Martin felt 
that if she could just read the manuscript, that she would believe in the Book of Mormon and feel the power, which that is a very good um, thought. Because when you read the Book of Mormon, there is power there. And there is so what the spirit is so strong when you read it. And I can see why Martin was so eager to share it with her. But when asked if he could do that, Joseph was uneasy. And he, from his experience with dealing with Lucy Harris, he didn't feel comfortable letting her borrow or read or handle the manuscript. But he decided to pray about it. Well, to Martin's uh, encouragement. He went and prayed about it and the Lord said no. And so Joseph went to ba back to Martin and said no. And Martin said, ask again. Joseph asked again. He cared a lot about Martin. Martin had done a lot for him, given him money. He had been the scribe for him. He had gone out of his way to come to Harmony to, to be the scribe. And so Joseph, you know, this was his friend and someone that he really cared about and wanted to you know, repay a little bit, I'm sure. And so, um, yes, a second time, the Lord said no again. And Martin asked him to ask a third time. And Joseph went to the Lord again the third time. And the Lord told him to do what he wanted. Which I kind of, I've always assumed that the Lord said yes. Because that was kind of what I learned. But I like, as I studied it this time, that the Lord didn't say yes. The Lord said, do what you want. So Joseph went ahead and gave Martin the manuscript. And I learned something new this time studying it, that after Martin left, an angel came, I think it was Moroni, came and took the Yarm and Thummim from Joseph. He was not able to have that anymore because he, uh, I guess, because he gave Martin the manuscript. Um, so the day after Martin left, um, Emma had her baby. And it was really bad. She had really bad labor and it was really strenuous and, and uh, didn't go very well. And left her exhausted and weak. And the baby did not survive very long. The baby was also very weak and sick. And, um, and uh, after the baby died, it, not surprisingly, it left Emma in a really dark place. And her health was not good. She, um, she really... Um, Joseph was afraid that she would also die and he wouldn't leave her side. And after a few weeks of this, she started to get her health back. And as she started feeling better, she started thinking about the plates or the manuscript and uh, wondering what was going on with that and Martin. And so she urged Joseph to go get the manuscript back from Martin Harris. And so he had her mom, Emma's mom, come and stay with her. And he went back to Palmyra. And when he got there, his parents sent for Martin Harris to come and have breakfast with them uh, once Joseph got there. And uh, four hours went by, and Martin Harris did not come. And uh, eventually they see him far away, walking very slowly down the road. And then when he gets to the gate, he sat out on the, on the fence and uh, sat there for a little while and finally came in and I guess he uh, was very forlorn and and he finally confessed that he had lost the manuscript and understandably so Joseph was devastated 
And uh, Martin, I can imagine, was devastated. Have you ever lost something and just felt so sick about it? <laughs> it's a really funny example, but um, like a week before Christmas, my son left uh, a case of our Switch games on the floor. And our 20-month-old got a hold of them, and she lost five of the games. And Switch games are not cheap. They're definitely worth a lot of money. <laughs> and um, she, of course, lost the ones that are the most expensive ones. And I mean, still to this day, we, we haven't been able to find them. And we are just so sick about it. It just makes us sick. But then I kind of laugh. And I'm like, this is the silliest thing that we're just so upset about. It. I mean, it's understandable that we're upset that we lost things that were valuable. But it's just mo monetarily valuable. You know, it's... It's nothing as um, valuable as the Book of Mormon and the words of the, the Lord through his prophets. But that I cannot imagine what Joseph and Martin had went through because I would I would be sick. And that was months worth of work and effort that they had done. So um, not only did they were they sick because it was lost, but I think Joseph felt extremely horrible because he didn't listen to the Lord. And he knew that he had sinned and and didn't follow the Lord's direction. Martin also knew because he had asked Joseph to ask multiple times. And he, it was his prodding that Joseph did it in the first place. So both men felt horrible about this experience. Um, Joseph was told not to re-record or re-translate the plates because um i think it's in section 10 that it talks about um evil men had gotten hold of the manuscript and um and we're gonna try to use it to prove that joseph wasn't a prophet so kind of interesting um as we're getting into section three that is the background as to what is going on in um, the Doctrine and Covenants, when we get these revelations. So in section three, it talks about, um, well, the, the heading, and I wanted to compare the different headings in the different manuals, um, just so you can kind of, I, I just really liked the different wording it used. So in the individual and family manual, it, the heading of section three says, I should trust God rather than fearing man. And in the primary manual for the younger kids, the heading says, I can choose the right when others try to get me to do wrong. And then for the older kids, it says, I should care more about pleasing God than pleasing others. And I just, it just was really interesting to me. It is getting at the same message, but the way it's worded, I think it helps us think about it in different ways. I love the idea of trusting God, but for a small child, they don't understand that what that means. Or, you know, Heavenly Father is just such an abstract being that I think it's hard for kids to really um, grasp the idea of trusting them or, or following them. But when it says, I can choose the right, I love that because they know right from wrong. That's what they're learning. And um, especially when others try to get them to do wrong. And I, that happens so often. And as they get older, then we start 
transitioning into I should care more about pleasing God than about pleasing others. And and then you start learning about fearing, I you know, fearing God versus fearing man as you are an adult. And I, I like that uh, progression. Um, just wanted to point those out because for me, that was just something that was really interesting as I was studying. And I probably wouldn't have caught that if I hadn't been preparing this podcast because I um, put a lot of the words in my notes, um, put the headings in my notes, and I it, I just noticed the different titles of the headings, and I just wanted to share that with you. So, um, so in section three, um, for the older children, it suggests that you could ask a child um, a few days in advance. So this could even be for you know preparing for a family home evening. You could ask them earlier in the day or on Sunday. If you study this early enough, um, have one of them come prepared to share the story of Joseph Smith and Martin Harris losing the pages. So they could read in Saints or they can read in Doctrine and Covenants or you could show them the little Doctrine and Covenants illustrated stories. Um, they could read that and then they could summarize and tell the story to the family. And I love the idea of doing something like that because it gets the kids involved. Um it could even work for younger kids, but they won't be able to study it on their own. You're going to have to do it with them. But what great, valuable family bonding time you could have together. Or um, mother-child bonding time or father-son or whatever it might be. Just I think it's it's a great, if they are willing to sit and study the story with you, they could then tell it at family home evening. And we, um, for our family home evenings, we... Um, we assign out things. So, you know, someone says the prayer and someone says the scripture and someone does the lesson and someone does the treat and someone does an activity and, you know, so on and so forth. And we assign those all out ahead of time. So, um, for us, we could, you know, whoever's doing the lesson that week could come prepared or we could ask, you know, whoever does the scripture could maybe tell the story. Here's an idea, because with studying the Doctrine and Covenants, I just totally had this idea. Totally random, but I'm grateful for it, because, you know, the Spirit works in awesome ways. Um, as part of a family home evening outline, you could have someone tell the story that goes along with the lesson for the week. So, kind of the background of, you know, they could study in saints, or they could study um, the... Um, illustrated stories or whatever, and they could tell the story that week if that was something you wanted to add into your family home evenings. Um, so, um, in the primary manual, oh, sorry, I wanted to go back. Um, it says that you could read together Doctrine and Covenants section 3, verses 5 through 8, and verses 21 through 22. And as you do that, you could look for the blessings that come when you remain true to God. Um, and I'm going to read a couple of those verses in a minute. But um, when you, the younger children, it says, help the children learn what Joseph Smith learned. If they trust Heavenly Father, he will be with them in every time of trouble. And I really like that phrase, which is going to come um, in verse 8 here. So in verse 8, it says, yet you should have been faithful and he would have extended his arm and supported you against all the fiery darts of the adversary. And he would have been with you in every time of trouble. It's beautiful to think 
of the Lord being with you, especially when you are having a hard time. Um, and that's the lesson that we learn. When we trust Heavenly Father, He will be with us. He He cares about us and He doesn't want to leave us alone. He doesn't want to leave us helpless in our trials. And when we trust Him, we are allowing Him to be with us. And we're in the way we show that trust is by choosing the right, which gets back to the the primary the primary answers, you know, and I love that. Um, so the next um, suggestion for things to teach, it says to um, give examples of situations they the kids could be placed in when they'd be tempted to do something they knew wasn't right. So this is something you could have the kids um, give suggestions or you could come up with some on your own. You could act them out. You could draw examples of them. So examples that you could use would be examples from school of, you know, maybe trying to pick on someone or say something rude or cheat on a test. You know, there's so many examples of things they could do when someone might be encouraging them to make a bad choice. Other things at home could be, you know, stealing a cookie or, I mean, I'm sure you have plenty of examples because this happens all the time. Um, Even adults, we all make mistakes and we all make choices that are not in line with what God's will is for us. And we have to repent of those all the time. Um, And often we are tempted to do something by other people. So you can have the kids act out situations. You can have them act out when they choose the wrong choice or when they make the right choice. Um, You could also draw examples of them choosing the right. Um, Have the kids draw an example. I sometimes my kids struggle with just like free drawing. So I often will print out the church's website has a whole bunch of pages you can print. There's just so many stuff out there. Even if you just like Google like coloring page of girl praying or coloring pages of someone sharing or coloring page of someone being a friend. Like there's so many things out there. So many things out there. And I really like having stuff like that because my kids prefer to color. They're still really little. They're not very good at drawing it. Um, They're getting there though. But Um, So I often will print something out for them to color if that's the route where we're going in our family. Now, if you want something that's different than just a coloring page, because coloring pages happen all the time. Um, I like the idea of acting stuff out because it kind of sticks in the kids' heads. But you could also have them, you know, if you're wanting to do more of an art, um, you could have them do Play-Doh. Or that you could have them um, spell out ctr with rocks in the yard or um (laughs) whatever it might be i mean i'm sure you could use your your own um ideas of things that your kids are into but you're gonna get more engaged learning and more engaged activity if you choose something that kids are interested in or maybe something that's different i got out play-doh for my kids the other day because they hadn't had i haven't bought play-doh for months because i was just so sick of the mess and it was like dried out and they kept, they wouldn't put it away. And so they all got Play-Doh in their stockings for Christmas. And my kids have been like obsessed with Play-Doh lately. <laughs> it's kind of fun because it's like a toy that they haven't had for a long time. And so 
they've been really good with it and they've been so cute and so excited to have it again. So anyway, that's why Play-Doh came to mind for me because it's something that I know my kids are really into right now. All right. So something that the lesson talks about, um, it says in verse eight, um, he would have extended his arm and supported you. And the lesson or the, the manuals ask the question, how can Heavenly Father help you choose the right? And I really thought about this because, you know, I thought about, well, how does he help me choose the right? And I thought about, you know, having the Holy Ghost and the, the emotions that are associated with that. Um, when we pray and the Lord gives us an answer, that helps us. The Lord told Joseph no. And if Joseph had listened which he did originally listen, but he eventually kept asking and eventually um, did it anyway. And But the Lord gave Joseph an answer. So we can pray. Um, we can have the Holy Ghost. And it's really important. I know this is something that President Nelson's been emphasizing, but think about how it feels, how the Holy Ghost feels to you. How do you hear him? That is, the Holy Ghost is how the Lord and how Jesus Christ speaks to us. So if you recognize the Holy Ghost in your life, you'll be able to hear him. And teaching our kids to recognize the Holy Ghost and to know that feeling is setting them up for receiving revelation for their entire lives. So teaching their kids, teaching your kids um, that when they don't have the Holy Ghost, when you feel the lack of the Holy Ghost in your life, that's a sign that maybe you're not making good choices. And that's a way Heavenly Father can help you choose the right. And it also asks, um, the manual asks, how does the Lord support us when we choose the right? And um, I was thinking quite a bit about this too, because I love that the primary questions made me think so much more this week than the adult ones for some reason I just maybe my mind is because I spend all day with kids I just really think along the lines of the sim the simple lessons um but these words these questions just really um spoke to me this week and I just was grateful that I had the chance to think about it because I have thought about opportunity or times in my life when the Lord has supported me when I've cho made the right choice. And of course, the obvious answers are uh, when we pay our tithing and we're blessed. Um, another example, um, every single time my husband and I uh, got pregnant, my husband got a promotion or a raise or both. And um, that was a huge testimony to me that we were doing what we were supposed to, that we were supposed to have those babies because I didn't ever feel scared or worried that we weren't going to be able to have our children or support them because I knew that the Lord would provide every single time. And I know that that those are just a few examples from my life, but I just am amazed how many times the Lord has been there and supported me and in, and given me so many blessings when I've made the right choice. 
Um, And those are testimonies. When you think of those things in your own life, those are great things to share with your children and to tell them the Lord has been with us. He blesses our family. He blesses us. When you were about to come into our family, the Lord made sure that we were in the right place and the right, had the right job. And, and, um, I made the choice to not work anymore. And after much, much prayer, my husband and I prayed and prayed and prayed about that decision because he wasn't done with school yet. But we felt really strongly that I was supposed to be home and not be working um, when we had our first child. And shortly after, I quit my job. Well, it was a few months. <laughs> but um, we had, you know, shortly after we started seriously looking for a better job for my husband, he got one. He got a great job that was salary and um, it just, it was a huge blessing in our lives. And I can share that with my kids that the Lord wanted them to come to our family at that time because he gave us that huge blessing to make sure that they were here and make sure that mom was home with them. Um, so another thing it says in the manual and the um, activity you can do, um, when you read verse eight, it says he would have extended his arm and supported you. Invite the children to stand and extend their arms as you read the phrase again. Share with them some ways the Lord may extend his arm to help them. When others try to get them to do wrong things, let them take turns extending their arms as they tell about other ways the Lord extends his arm to help us. And this is a great visual for the kids, especially as they don't, they may not know what extend his arm means, but if they do it and they're reaching out for each other or they're they're extending their arm you could even find a picture of there's so many pictures of um, when Peter was walking on the water and he falls and the Lord reaches out for him and grabs him I love those visuals because you know that the Lord is doing that for us each and every day of our lives and I think helping the kids see that especially where they are so little and often they they need that extended arm from their parents and helping them see that, that the Lord is that person in their lives will hopefully carry with them and help them develop a really strong relationship with him. All right, section four is um, given to Joseph Smith Sr. It's the, the titles, The Lord Needs Me to Do His Work. Um, so in verse one, it says, now behold, a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. I love section four. I've memorized it. I've sung songs about it. Um, so every time I read the, the words, it, there, these songs like pop into my head, but it's beautiful. And I'm excited to, to share with my family some of the things that I learned as I studied section four this week. So one of the example or things it says to do with this, this verse, it says, bring some pictures that depict God's marvelous Latter-day work, such as pictures of missionaries, temples, and the Book of Mormon. Let the children take turns selecting a picture and talking about it. Share why the Lord's work is marvelous to you. Don't you love that word, marvelous? I think describing it that way, it helps you really think about the grandeur of the Lord's work. 
Um, and I like in verse in verse two, it says, therefore, O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day. Help the children think of actions or draw pictures depicting the phrase, serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And then for the older children, it says right on the board, serve God. Invite the children to search Doctrine and Covenants for and make a list of things they learn about what it means to serve God. And as I was thinking about some of these things, and um, we usually refer to or think of section four as the missionary verse, right? It's all about, you know, harvesting and, and bringing people to Christ. But there's more to that than just missionary work. And I wanted to just share with you that um, your, you, you as a mom right now, as you're preparing to teach your family about Come Follow Me, you are serving the Lord. You're doing his work and you're taking part in this marvelous work and the marvelous work isn't just temples yes the beautiful and marvelous and i'm grateful we have them but the lord's work takes place in temples but it's not necessarily the the temple itself the marvelous work is the redemption of his people and you as a mom as you are teaching your children about christ they will know where to look for redemption. That's why I named the podcast what I named it. Because that's why we do what we do. We talk of Christ so that our kids will know. Sorry. I can't even. <laughs> Sorry. It's good. I'm getting emotional. It needs the spirits here. Ah. Uh. <clears throat> sorry because you teach your family and bring them to the lord you are participating in the marvelous work so i just had to share that before i start start on my list <laughs> um so some of the things i thought of that you could talk about with your family so this is um for the little kids they could draw pictures again we could you know back to you know, acting things out, drawing pictures, doing Play-Doh, doing, you know, they could write a letter to someone and tell them what they've learned. You know, there's so many different ways to help the kids internalize this. So some of the things that I thought about talking about is showing love to others, obeying your parents, serving others, reading your scriptures, praying, going to church, um, and start getting getting a little bit older you talk about they get baptized receiving the holy ghost and when they're even more older so probably i mean you can talk about this stuff when they're tiny because it's great to get them started thinking about this but going to the temple um ministering and serving a mission those are all great things and i'm sure the kids would love to draw pictures of those or <clears throat> act them out or even just talk about them if you want to just list them these are all good things and i'm sure your family could come up with even more i just wrote down a few that came to my mind but i'm sure your kids will think about what it means to them what does it mean to them to serve god um and then it says share an example of someone you know who serves god in this way now 
I've done this so many times in my life. And, you know, you've done this in other lessons where you, you think of a person who idolizes what you're talking about. And how powerful that is to really think about that person and look up to them. And it helps you see that it's possible. But I think it also helps you think about, well, what would so-and-so do in this situation? You know, we always think, what would Jesus do? But I feel like sometimes it's hard to really think, like, what would Jesus do when he's, you know, when someone starts talking about politics? Or what would Jesus do and blah, 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 you know? First of all, Jesus is perfect. And I'm not. So sometimes I want to give myself a little bit more leeway. But I think it's also good to see someone that you really look up to in this day and age and how they are acting in the situations that we're faced with. Now, they're not perfect. And we should not worship or idolize people who are not Christ. But it's still good to see those good examples, especially helps the kids recognize those traits in other people um so that being said we'll move on to the next thing it says sing together a song about missionary work such as i want to be a missionary now and it says discuss what the song teaches about how we can help god do his work and um the lyrics are i just wanted to read them for you i want to be a missionary now i don't want to wait until i'm grown I want to share the gospel while I'm young, for I have a testimony of my own. I want to tell my friends about our church and the happiness it brings to me. I'll tell them how the gospel was restored. Tell them how the Book of Mormon came to be. Then I can be a missionary now. I don't have to wait until I'm grown. I'll live each day the best that I know how, and they'll see I have a testimony of my own. So, ugh, it's cute. I love these these songs. And singing is such a powerful testimony to our kids. The words that we're singing and and teaching them, it's great because it gets in their head. I know it helps me. There's been so many times in my life that the words of a primary song will pop in my head and I'll know the answer to a question or I'll feel supported as I try to choose the right. There you go. Back to what we were talking about earlier. So, for older children, it says, bring tools or pictures of tools that someone might use to work in a field. How do these tools help us? Help the children find things in Doctrine and Covenants, verse 4, sorry, section 4, verse 4, 5 through 6, that could be like tools for doing God's work. Now, this is good because it talks about the, you know, the act of bringing, you know, of harvesting and, and talk to your kids about what that looks like and um and the work that it takes to do that if your kids are in the metaphors you could talk about all the different work it takes to grow a garden you have to plant the seeds you have to keep watering them you have to keep the weeds at bay and you have to harvest and you could get into all the different ways those can be metaphors you know you obviously plant the seed by sharing your testimony and you have to keep harvesting it by continuing to invite people to come to Christ and so on and so forth. Um, and it says you can invite full-time or ward missionaries to share something from Doctrine and Covenants 4 that has inspired them to do God's work. What can we do to help with God's work? It also says, or I thought I had, is you could have a family member who's serving a mission. So you have like a 
brother or sister or cousin or somebody that the kids look up to, you could have them share something too. If it's someone that the kids know, I think that it will be more memorable to them than if it's just um, the missionaries from the ward. But those are also great resources too. Having the mission, the kids really look up to missionaries. Missionaries are like mascots <laughs> at our house. We see a missionary and the kids get excited. So it's it's fun to, to ask them to share with the kids something important because the kids will, again, we've talked about this sometimes, having it from someone other than mom and dad is way more powerful and will stick with them a lot longer. All right, section five it says, I can be a witness that the Book of Mormon is true. Now, this is a really, this was a revelation given to Martin Harris. And the story behind this section is, so Lucy is still upset, still bitter. And she decided to, she accused Joseph of being a fraud and was taking, she took, she, um, took it to the court. And so Martin Harris was, um, I had to go to court for, with, with, with Lucy over this. And there was a possibility that Joseph would have to go. So he went to Harmony to talk to Joseph about this and, you know, to get advice and he wanted evidence as well because he, he needed something to prove that Joseph wasn't a fraud. Because he had given Joseph money, he gave him time, and Lucy was saying, Joseph doesn't really have the gold plates, he doesn't really have, he's not really translating this ancient record, and he's, you know, fraudulently getting money from my husband, and, you know, convincing all these people of this huge conspiracy. Um, so, it says, what did Martin Harris desire to know? As we read section five, it's good to think about what Martin Harris's motivation was as he came to Joseph. And I love, as I learned about this, because when I read section five, I'm just like, oh yeah, so the Lord promises Martin Harris that he can be a witness of the Book of Mormon eventually, right? And it's all about the three witnesses and, you know, that's what I got out of it, you know, originally when I read this years ago. And even this time, but as I learned about the history behind that, I love the tie-in that Martin is looking for evidence to take to court. He is going to be called as a witness in the court. And here the Lord says, I'm going to call you to be a witness of the Book of Mormon. How cool is that? I mean, just that tie-in that like the Lord is saying... You're going to be a witness for me and you're going to be a witness of the Book of Mormon eventually. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm just, just so many cool things in the scriptures. It's just, ah, oh, anyway, it's so exciting. So in verse one, it says, behold, I say unto you that as my servant Martin Harris has desired a witness at my hand, that you, my servant Joseph Smith Jr. have got the plates which you have testified and borne record that you have received of me. So, Going back to the question, what did Martin Harris desire? He desired a witness of the Book of Mormon. He desired to, you know, he wanted to prove that it's real, right? And the Lord said, you'll get that 
but it's not in the way that you're thinking. <laughs> it's not going to be evidence that you're going to take to court. It's not going to be evidence for your wife, but it is going to be, you are going to be a witness to testify to the world of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon and the Joseph Smith had the gold plates. And then um, down in verse 11, it says, And in addition to your testimony, the testimony of three of my servants, whom I shall call and ordain, unto whom I will show these things, and they shall go forth with my words that are given through you. The definition of witness is to have knowledge of an event from personal observation or experience. So ask the children what a witness is and why a witness is important. So if you talk about... If they don't know what a witness is, you can share with them the definition and then talk about why that is important. You could even talk about why that's important. Something that relates to them would be, you know, in the, in the home or at school, like if someone saw something happen and some, and you know, a teacher needed to know or a parent needed to know, um, or you could talk about it in, in the court, you know, if someone witnessed a car accident they can say who was at fault or what happened exactly and then a question that the manual asks says what did martin harris need to do to be a witness of the gold plates and that is verse 23 through 24 um, i'm going to read verse 24 it says behold i say unto him he exalts himself and does not humble himself sufficiently before me but if he will bow down before me and humble himself in mighty prayer and faith in the sincerity of his heart then will i grant unto him a view of the things which he desires to see. I feel like I relate to Martin Harris so often. Like, sometimes I need to remember the importance of coming to the Lord and being sincere and, and truly repenting and being humble in order to receive the revelation. Um, I want to read from Revelations in Context, which there's a link to that in the manual, the Individuals and Families manual. And the the chapter that it links to is basically Martin Harris's role in the Restoration. And I just want to read um, down where it talks about him as a witness. So as Martin Harris was no doubt euphoric that he would be allowed to see the plates. But in June 1829, when the three men attempted to pray and obtain a view of the plates from the angel, they were at first unsuccessful. Martin feared his presence was the cause of not our obtaining what we wished. He retired, and shortly thereafter the angel appeared and showed Whitmer and Cowdery the plates. Joseph searched for Martin and found him some distance away. He had been praying on his own, and Joseph joined him. He soon received the manifestation he had long sought. After witnessing the plates, he shouted, "'Tis enough, tis enough, mine eyes have beheld, mine eyes have beheld." And that's a beautiful story. I I appreciate that they include this information in there because I feel like it completes the story for me. It helps me see what came about and, and kind of the background. And it's interesting to me that Martin was chosen to see the plates, but he required Martin to repent to see them. It gives me hope that even though I'm not perfect and I have a lot of room to improve in my life, that the Lord can still use me to be an instrument in his hands and that he can still give me amazing experiences like, like Martin was able to have. He saw the cold plates. He saw Moroni. <laughs> um, I think that's 
that's pretty amazing. And here he was, he, he had to go and repent and pray to the Lord and, and be humble. And I think there's so many times in my life that I, I'm in that same boat where I'm struggling to receive the answer that I've been seeking. And I just need to remind myself that I need to take that time to repent and to truly humble myself. And then the Lord will bless me and give me those experiences that I'm seeking. All right, the next question in the manual says, even though we haven't seen the plates, what can we do to be witnesses of the Book of Mormon? Now, this is going back to the Book of Mormon that we just studied. And I, it was really hard for me to be done with the Book of Mormon. I loved studying the Book of Mormon this last year. It was so powerful. There's such a spirit in the Book of Mormon and it was really hard for me to be done. So anytime there's a, a chance to go back and read in the Book of Mormon, I get really excited <laughs> because the spirit that is there just makes me excited. All right. So, um, I wanted to read Moroni 10 verse three, and this is in answer to how, what can we do to be witnesses of the Book of Mormon? says, Behold, I would exhort you that when you shall read these things, if it be wisdom in God that ye should read them, that ye would remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men, from the creation of Adam even down until the time that ye shall receive these things and ponder it in your hearts. And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, ye may know the truth of all things. So the Holy Ghost will witness it unto you. And then you are a witness of the Book of Mormon. I love that. That we can all become a witness of the Book of Mormon. If we read it and ask to have that witness to us. Alright, I wanted um, the last section in the Come Follow Me manuals talks about Joseph Smith being a prophet of God. And in verse 10, uh, section 5, verse 10, it says, But this generation shall have my word through you. How can you help the children strengthen their testimonies that Joseph Smith and the other prophets teach the word of God? Now, I think about this and I, I'm trying to think of ways to teach this to my family and help my kids feel my testimony of Joseph Smith. And I think the best thing to do is to bear your testimony of Joseph Smith. That power is in in testimony. The Holy Ghost will testify of your words. And in order to do that, you should make sure that you, you believe and that you are close to the Spirit as you're doing so. I know there's times that I've tried to share my testimony with my family, but I feel like it just wasn't quite right. But maybe part of it's because I was frustrated at my kids or something, and so I wasn't quite feeling the Spirit. But I know if you have... Uh, the spirit in your home and uh, I feel like at least for me if the circumstances are right so if the planets align <laughs> I'm able to bear my testimony and the Holy Ghost will testify of my words but in my experience those kind of experiences will come not during family home evening and not when you're sitting down trying to teach your kids a primary lesson which they can come that way but for me it seems like they come more often around the breakfast table when my kids ask a question or as we're driving in the car or while I'm getting them ready for bed 
um, the times usually those the the organic times when there's a question or a sincere conversation that we have, and it's often one on one. That's when I'm able to bear my testimony to my kids. So uh, I just encourage you to look for opportunities to bear your testimony, and to bear your testimony of Joseph Smith, as you do that. Now it says also. Not just Joseph Smith, but other prophets. Bear your testimony that President Nelson is the prophet of God. And the words that he says are the Lord's words. I hope that my kids know how much I value and appreciate having a living prophet. I listen to a conference all the time. <laughs> uh, my kids will be like, I have my headphones in. My kids will be like, Mom, what are you listening to? I'll be like, conference. And they're like, oh, again? <laughs> But I hope that they see that that's something that's really important to me and that I really value and treasure the prophet and the prophet's words. Um, an example of an activity it gives in the lesson manual, it says, hide a picture of Joseph Smith somewhere in the room. Read Doctrine and Covenants 510 and invite the children to look for the picture and find out who the word, the word, find out who the word you is referring to. Bear your testimony that we have received God's word through Joseph Smith. Um, another thing you could do is show the children copies of the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants. Explain that God gave us these scriptures through Joseph Smith. Share some of your favorite verses from these books and tell why you are grateful for them. Gratitude is a huge part of our testimonies, and the Holy Ghost will bear testimony as we share things we're grateful for as well. All right, I just want to close and, and tell you how grateful I am that you are with me. I hope we can... Um, expand our, our culture, our community, and help each other. This lesson was a great reminder that the Lord is in control and he sees everything that, that's going to happen. I love the story of Martin losing the 16 pages and that the Lord was prepared for that because we have the book of Nephi. We didn't lose any of the context and then I see examples of, in our modern times, like the ch church shifting to come follow me and home-based study, um, home-based church. And then within a year after doing that, well, slightly more than a year, everything shut down and we had to do church at home. And it was so easy to just continue studying at home and to do... I had everything I needed. I had all the materials I needed to continue to teach my children. And I felt empowered that it was my turn to kind of take over. And it was on me. And I didn't feel like I could lean on the primary teachers anymore, which I think was so good for me to take that responsibility on myself instead of trusting other people with educating my children about the gospel. Not that I always relied on other people, but I feel like I l trusted too often that my kids would get it elsewhere and they d I didn't need to share it with them. But I'm grateful that I had that opportunity and the Lord has blessed us with all of these, these opportunities. He knew that this was going to happen and we were prepared for it. And it makes me anxious and excited and eager to follow the counsel of our living prophets and um, and think about the words that they're saying now and, and the warnings they're giving us. And it makes me want to do what they're telling us because I know that the Lord 
knows what's happening in the world and he is aware of us and what we need. I also am anxious to be part of his work and to to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to so that I can be an instrument in his hand. And as I ask myself what my part is, I know that I'm doing it because I am supposed to be a mother and I'm supposed to teach my children the gospel. I know there's other things I can do, other things that are important, but the most important is to be a mother and to be a righteous mother to teach them the gospel and to live my life in a way that they will see and recognize um, the things that I'm doing as the things that God wants for us. And I just am so grateful for the guidance and the direction that we are receiving from the scriptures that we read and from our modern prophets. It's so... It's just a beautiful work, beautiful, marvelous work to be a part of. And I hope that you are experiencing that as well. And I don't usually close in the name of Jesus, but I just want to bear my testimony that I know that the Lord loves us and he wants us to know that he loves our children so much. That he, he's placed you as their mother for a reason. He knows you and he knows them and he knows what is best for all of us. And so that you, the fact that you are the mother of your child and you're the mother of in the, in the world that we are in today is no coincidence. And I just say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> now, hopefully you guys are having a good week and you really get to experience some good times with your family. Learning about the, the learning about the Doctrine and Covenants. I really hope that you share those experiences with me on my Facebook page on our um, group. Um, so go over and find us on um, We Talk of Christ uh, Facebook group. And I will talk to you next week.